everything will be fine. Calm down, relax, uh, enjoy life. He uh, was working on some cool stuff related to submarines, then decided to go freelance, then fell in love. He almost got married, this beautiful thing called Ruby on Rails, and eventually found the open source community in 2012, launched GitLab, which is now helping over 5,000 customers, about 100 seats per per logo, so call it 500,000 paying customers, doing somewhere between 10 million and 100 million in, uh, in ARR, growing rapidly with their team, their distributed team of 267 people, healthy economics, 90% logo uh, retention annually, and over 175% net annual expansion with their team uh, of 267 folks. Again, 12-month payback period on a revenue basis, Cash basis, he tries to keep that to zero as they scale and try and double year over year uh, in terms of a uh, net uh, revenue expansion. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Sid Sibrandi. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called GitLab, a software company that supports the entire DevOps lifecycle in a single application. Originally a computer programmer for a personal submarine company, Sid was first introduced to GitLab while working as a self-taught Ruby programming developer. Under Sid's leadership, the company has grown from 49 to 267 employees, closed 20 million in Series B funding, and delivered on promises to solve the complete developer lifecycle. Sid, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, thanks for having me. You bet. So first things first here. So was it sounds like you you joined the company after it was 40 or so employees. Is this not your baby? Um, well, the open source project is not my baby. Um, it is uh, co-founder, my co-founder, Dimitri, our CTO, started that. But I actually started the company at, at, at one person. So um, uh, all the way from that to, uh, I guess, an inflection point was joining Y Combinator in uh, 2015 with nine people. But yeah. I, I grew it from the start. That's good. Now, how did, you know, you, we just had Matt on from Automatic and we had a few other people that have tried to build on top of open source communities. Sometimes it goes beautifully and wonderfully well. Other times the whole community backlashes again when they hear dollar signs, right? How did you manage that transition and tell us how you built the business around GitLab? Yeah, um, I don't think that open source communities are against dollar signs, but what they do want to see is you being a good steward of the project and, and acting in the interest of the project. And that's a that's a balance. That's a balance between things that generate revenue, like new proprietary features, and things that that push the open source project further, um, making sure that's uh, it's easy to accept contributions, making sure that there's still features landing in the open source version. I think we we um, had a great balance there. And sometimes when when we're off, we listen and we, and we correct. Uh, but Matt has been a great inspiration there, and I'm I'm. Uh, very thrilled that he joined our uh, our board. Um, so as a board member, he can make sure that uh, long term uh, we keep being a good steward. So of the 267 employees you currently have, whoever is dedicated to engineering, you're not only building the business, but they're also contributing code back to the open source project to keep adding value there. Yes, we have 150 engineers and uh, we're by far the, the largest contributor to the to the project. And uh, we want to make sure that we that we equally keep the open source 
code base and a proprietary code base uh, growing and, and alive. Sounds like a good kind of relationship. Give me uh, some more of the kind of the structure here in terms of what you do and how you price. Yeah, um, so we have an open core model. Um, there's uh, the open source version of GitLab and three paid versions. Uh, each one contains more features and, and uh, better support SLAs. Uh, and we price between $4 per user per month to $99 per user per month. Okay. And what would you say, if, just to avoid going on every cohort, what would you say the average you know, seat pays per month? So the most popular one is the middle one of $19 per user per month. One nine or nine zero? One nine. One nine. Okay. And are people, are these people individual users typically using a personal credit card to buy or, or teams are buying this in bulk? Uh, mostly teams buying in bulk. Okay. So the average team, when they join you, are they buying, you know, 50 seats, a hundred seats, 10,000 seats? What, what kind of volume do you see there typically? It's really a hybrid sales model. So you can self-order on our website and, and we get those purchases for just one seat. Uh, but we also get purchases for, for tens of thousands of seats from large organizations. Okay. If I asked you the kind of the average team size that signs up for you, I mean, are we talking a, a startup kind of team size to two, three people or like a hundred people or thousands of people? It it really is a hybrid sales model. So in, in unit counts, it's probably smaller. It's probably between ten and hundred people. Okay. But if I look, if I look like where does the majority of our revenue come from, it's over a thousand people. Yep, that makes sense. And give me more of the backstory here. So, you, what year did you launch the company in? So the company was launched a year after the open source project started in twenty twelve. Okay. And how? What convinced you to leave a very cool submarine job for this? Um, actually I, so I did the submarine job and I left the submarine job to become a programmer. I saw Ruby on rails uh-huh. and I fell in love with that language. Why? And I decided How, what, what do you mean? Tell me why you fell in love. I always wanted to do programming, but it always seemed tedious. And then I saw Ruby and the way it was written and it was beautiful. It, it I, I've never been into poetry, but that, that looked like poetry <laughs> to me. So I was like, finally it's, it's, from tedious, it's it's become a thing of beauty. I, I can see the beauty. I want to I want to master it. Uh, I, I want to get good at that. So I quit the submarine company and started to become a freelance Ruby on Rails developer. And that's when I saw GitLab. And when I saw GitLab, it was already a year old. But I thought it makes so much sense that something you collaborate with is something you can collaborate on. That this is open source. This is going to have a bright future. And I'm going to start a company around it. And what have you scaled to now in terms of total customers using the platform? So there's over 100,000 organizations with millions of users using GitLab. Most are on the open source edition, but we got over 5,000 organizations, mostly the larger ones, are paying us for one of our proprietary versions. That's great. And can I mean, can I multiply the, those 5,000 people times about, call it 100 seats a pop or 100 teams and assume that you have about 500,000 individual people pay, you know, using you on a paid, paid basis? Something like that. Okay. That, I mean, that's healthy growth. How have you gotten most of these folks? Is it really just a conversion rate from the, you know, the folks using open source to you? It, it used to be like that, that most of the people were coming in already using the open source, but we're seeing more and more people that have not used GitLab before that really want to modernize their DevOps workflow, want to modernize how they do engineering, and that come in, look at everything at the market, and just select GitLab right off the bat. Got it. Look, it makes good sense. It's obviously working off. I take 500,000 seats at 19 a pop. That puts you at almost 10 million a month in MRR. Is that too aggressive or is that about right? Yeah, that's too aggressive. We were talking volume discounts, right? No, we were talking, it's, it's, it's not even in the same ballpark. Okay. Uh, we don't, we don't disclose our revenue numbers. Um, but it's, it's growing at a very healthy pace in what's the last five. He- what's healthy? Five, 
in the last five years, we've doubled our incremental uh, ACV every single year, and we're on track to do that. When you say when you say you double your incremental ACV, is that the same as you've essentially doubled your AR year over year? It's it's better. Um, so you're looking at the the growth. If suppose suppose I have AR and I go from one to two million, and then I go from uh, two million to four million, and then from four to eight, um, you you double the AR, AR every year you're going to have like a revenue from the last year. So incremental means only looking at the growth and then doubling the growth on top. So it's, it's better than doubling ARR. I, like you guys, have never been able to find a project management tool that I love. You know, my blog writers like one thing, my developers like one thing, my designers like a different thing, and it's so difficult to get them all on the same page. So when I had Roy Mann, the CEO of Monday.com on the show, I was pleasantly surprised at what he told me regarding his traction and his growth, and I said, maybe I should try this thing. So we now use Monday.com. I started with the magazine. We've launched the Latka magazine, solely dedicated to SaaS founders. It's the only magazine focused on SaaS. And my content writers and my designers worked beautifully together on that project using monday.com for project management. I then said, well, let me give it a real test. Let me see if I can use this for sprints and product cycles with my developers using it as well. And so we did that for GitLatka on our last release. It worked like a charm. Never before have I been able to find one tool that my developers, my designers, and my writers, and myself can use and be happy with. You know, for me, I do most of my work waiting on the boarding deck about to get on a plane. I have to be able to access this stuff on my mobile device, and it works beautifully. We've been using it for several months now, and I said, Roy, I'd love to introduce this to my audience, but you got to give me a great discount. Make me a great offer. He said, Nathan, okay, fine. If your folks sign up and try today, we'll give them 10% off all plans if they use this link, nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. So you can go there, try it for free, and if you decide to start paying, you'll get 10% off. Again, that's nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. I wanna make sure I understand what you're capturing. You're, You're driving expansion revenue across your historical base and also adding new customers aggressively both at the same time. I, I think ARR is is a vanity graph. If you're if you're a subscription business, you should look at incremental ACV, and that's the number we use throughout the company. So, sales in sales, we don't talk about deal size. Like, even if it's a multi year deal, even if it's all cash up front, we look at the incremental ACV uh, number for any deal. If it's just a renewal, you didn't you didn't actually gain anything. So, we, we try to do that throughout the company and. Also make that the main goal to double that number every year. That's good. So year one, I join you. I'm a team of 100 people. You know, I'm paying 19 grand per year. You want to double that to 40 grand the year after. That would be really healthy growth. That's what you care about. No, I want to uh, more than double that. So it's sorry. My point is, you, my, my point is you, that's how you, you that's pay. how you measure it. Am I getting that right? That's how, maybe you want to triple it, but that's how you measure. So if you pay 10, if I go from zero, if we go from zero to 10 in the first year. The next year, we don't want to go from 10 to 20. We want to, we want to, the first year we had 10 in incremental. The second year, we want to do 20 in incremental plus the 10 we already had. So we end up at 30. Yes. And I understand that. I just want to make sure that's how you're measuring it though. It's, there's a first year ACV, then there's a second year ACV and you want to expand that. I don't care whether it's two, three, four, five X, but that's generally how you're measuring it. Yep. Okay. 
Got it. So what about churn? I mean, it seems like you're focused on the right things and churn should be fairly minimal. Maybe you're at net negative revenue churn, but how do you manage churn? Um, we don't have a lot of like gross churn. Uh, we have uh, way more than 90% of the, of the, the, the people staying with us. That's so on, that's on a logo basis and a revenue basis. That's on a logo basis. Now on a, a net expansion basis is over 175%. Um, so if they spend $100 with us last year, they're going to spend $175 with us this year, the same cohort. Uh, so that's really healthy. And uh, and that's what we're focused on, making you, our customers successful. When, with you, when you say 175% net annual expansion, are are you subtracting out of that any lost revenue? Yes. Okay, good. So that's that truly is net. All right, great. And then when you are, you know, when you are deciding to spend money to acquire customers, what do you like to optimize payback period for? We try to keep our uh, payback period on a cash basis um, to like zero days. As soon as the deal is signed, it should be paid back. And on a revenue recognition basis, uh, the first year. Okay, got it. So 12 months. And what you mean by that is if you're pulling 12 months forward, paid on day one on a cash basis, it's instant. On a, obviously, revenue basis, it's up to 12 months. Yep. Uh, so um, every, all the deals we do are one year pay, at least one year paid up front. Okay. And then uh, talk to me about, uh, obviously, capital. So you've, you've raised capital. How much total is in the company? I think it's 40-something. Okay, 40-something million. And generally speaking, has that what has that gone to? Ac- acquisition cost, your office in San Francisco, your engineering team? What is it? I'm uh, sitting at our office in San Francisco. It's less than $5,000 uh, a month. And that's, that's the only like, office space we, we how, lease. How many people are there? Uh, just me. Oh, we just have, you. We have 270 people working from 270 locations, so we're <laughs> so not spending it on we're not spending it on office space. Um, we're spending it on on the product. Like we got 270 people and 150 are engineers, so that's an enormous R and D investment to make sure that it's the best product for the whole DevOps lifecycle. That's where most of the money has gone into. That's good. Um, last question here. I mean, so so this year at the end of the year, I mean, do you think you'll break 30 million in AR? I mean, what do you really want to break through? We want to make sure we double incremental ACV again, and uh, we, we look to be on the path to do that more than do that. A lot, but what I'm trying to do here is actually because it's easy to go from one dollar to two dollars. I sense you, I have you, you have real scale, right? It gets harder to do that at larger numbers. I mean, can you give me a general sense of size? Are you north of a million a month, or or you can give me a big range if you want? Yeah, we're we're between ten and a hundred million ARR. Okay, great, that's healthy, good. So between ten and a hundred. Um, any plans to raise capital anytime soon, or no? No plans. No plans. All right. Good stuff, Sid. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, high Output Management. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? I, I'm i just amazed that Amazon is being able to compete in so many categories. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? GitLab. Besides your own? Um. We love Zoom. We love Zoom video calls. They, they've been a game changer for us. Yep. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? About eight. That's pretty good. What's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? I'm married without kids. No kids. And how old are you? I'm 38. 38. All right, Said so last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, it's hard. You, <laughs> I think... <laughs> On one hand, you want to tell so much. On the other hand, it will all be fine. Uh, yeah, I think every young person is too anxious about the rest of their lives. Uh, I, I, I tell them 
to not not be that. But I, I think it's also something with hormones and chemicals in your brain. So <laughs> I'm not sure the advice would help. There you have it from Sid. Everything will be fine. Calm down, relax, uh, enjoy life. He uh, was working on some cool stuff related to submarines, then decided to go freelance, then fell in love. He almost got married, this beautiful thing called Ruby on Rails, and eventually found the open source community in 2012, launched GitLab, which is now helping over 5,000 customers, about 100 seats per per logo, so call it 500,000 paying customers, doing somewhere between 10 million and 100 million in, uh, in ARR, growing rapidly with their team, their distributed team of 267 people, healthy economics, 90% logo uh, retention annually, and over 175% net annual expansion with their team uh, of 267 folks. Again, 12-month payback period on a revenue basis, cash basis. He tries to keep that to zero as they scale and try and double year over year uh, in terms of a uh, net uh, revenue expansion. Sid, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thank you for having me.